Fake Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. The day so, after we celebrate, right? Such the day a good after holiday. We celebrate. Um, Such a good holiday. The fifth of May. That's what that's what they say. They say, "Remember, remember the fifth of May." <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what they say. Is it appropriate to talk about hangover foods, like oh, uh, like charcoal? Just eat charcoal. I was thinking like hash browns. Hey, remember when we were kids and we drink too much vodka? I mean, adults 21 and over. Apple juice. And yeah. And everybody would be like, oh, drink bread. It soaks it up. Or eat bread. Or depending on how drunk we were, we might have said drink bread. As 21 and up. Adults, of course. Right. I don't think that works at all. We were at, I don't know, uh, the old Lapa Papanapa's margarita joint. And then I woke up here. You said Lapa Papa? Is that what you said? Oh, yeah. Mama Papa, Hapa Dapa. You know they got they got stuff on the menu. It's got uh, meat, uh, cheese, and beans on it. Oh, like a like a tostada. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or uh, or like a burrito, or or a taco, anchil- or an enchilado, or a chimichanga. <sighs> so is Mexican food? Hangover food? If you're hungover from any other holiday other than Cinco de Mayo. Okay. Well, I'm going to eat some leftover Mexican. And then I'm going to have some food. I think if you're hungover from Cinco de Mayo, you have to eat Waffle House. Oh. So, there was a Waffle House that... You and I used to frequent as younger gentlemen. And I know this is a little off subject, but do you remember this man, older gentleman that wore all black, very gothy, and he had studs that were the implant studs in his head? So you yes. could put the little spikes in the mohawk or whatever. Don't forget a person like that, do you? You do not. What's strange, though, is not seeing them anywhere else. Except for the Waffle House, yeah. That is strange. Like, I never saw that guy at service merchandise, you know? Yeah. I never even saw him at a heavy metal show or anything like that. Right? Like... You would think you'd be like at 
the masquerade or something. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, hey, it's that guy from Waffle House. Yeah. But he always rolled deep. He always had a crew with him. But where were they coming from? And where are they going? Well, they didn't look like they were going places. (laughs) I think he's Cotton Eye Joe. (laughs) I know we always kind of joked like, oh, it's a hot topic crew or whatever, but I'm sure they did something. I mean, they hung out somewhere besides Waffle House. I kind of feel like a little guilty maybe because like I did go to all kinds of musical shows. I never went up to them and like, Hey, would you guys like to come to a show? Like what if, yeah, they look extreme and tough and all that. But like, what if that was like, which very well could be up front. Maybe they're very insecure group of people. But do you think a group of insecure people is going to have an issue going places? <laughs> well, not in a Waffle House, obviously. Uh, no, I mean, the girl that he always had his arm around, she was a, a young, a lot younger than him, but like extremely overweight and not in a curvy way yeah more like a protester type of way they were all basically uh your fringe in high school like the the fringe of the fringe groups right it looks like they found each other and hung out at Wolf House. <laughs> but because it was all different ages remember it was, like he yeah. was the oldest but like it i think it, i i always thought that it was just like he was kind of an older guy who found like a younger group and like attached himself to it but maybe it is more like a a spectrum of everyone coming from different places but i kind of got the vibe it was like a group and he was like hey i'm weird too yeah maybe because the rest of that group might not have been distinct enough to stand out at a show and you might have seen them but he wasn't because he was too distinct and you would have seen him yeah yeah you remember the guy with the metal implants in his head so I didn't see him at the Mexican restaurant last night either (laughs) it's a roundabout way of saying I did not see that group there Um, we did invite them to our Cinco de Mayo festivities. Yeah, we celebrated the 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 win, the Mexican win over the French army um, in eighteen forty. God, I don't mm-hmm. fucking remember. Sixties, eighteen sixties. Yeah, okay. Um. <sighs> Which resulted in uh, bad stuff for American people and good stuff for American central government later. Or maybe didn't result in that, but I'm certainly made it easier on Mr. Lincoln. 
to uh, make sure that we were all subservient to a central government. But uh, on that note, I would like to, let's see here. I want to read a quote from the uh, great Mr. Lincoln. I thought it would be appropriate giving the circumstances and, you know, like hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Really, 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 really hindsight. <laughs> you know? We're like fucking hind as fuck sight, right? I've got it here. I swear to God, I'm not just leading you on. You know, like uh, somebody was with their whole unsolicited dick pic thing that she was going to reveal and then didn't even reveal the dick pic. Bitch. Okay. No man is good enough to govern another man without the other's consent. Abraham Lincoln. I'm just imagining that it wasn't dash Abraham Lincoln, that it was instead comma Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> like somebody just told Abraham Lincoln that. And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and just like ordered some more butter for his bread. They're just like at dinner somewhere. Just <laughs> butter. <laughs> I'm just imagining a scenario where Abraham Lincoln is governing a bunch of men without their consent. And some wise man is like, no man. <laughs> some like old, old man with like one of those really crooked walking sticks standing on the side of the road. And Abraham Lincoln's yelling at the people without their consent. And the guy's like, no man. And he just throws a coin in his bucket. Tells the <laughs> bum to get out of here. <laughs> And then the fucker's like, instead of like telling him the wise thing, he's like, okay, thanks for the question. <laughs> Could have changed all of history. <laughs> Same with Cinco de Mayo. There's <laughs> a roundabout way to get back to what the fuck we all got drunk and have a hangover today for. Yeah, we went and celebrated the fact that you know, Mexico didn't lose to France. I didn't actually know that until today. I knew it was something along those lines, but. But they lost right after that. Like, yeah. I want to say maybe a year later. It wasn't. It wasn't like a final victory or anything. And it was also. Yeah not what most people believe is their Independence Day, which I think is in September. But a lot of people think it's their Independence Day. That's not. But it's funny that we celebrate Cinco de Mayo, not just because 
no one in our country even knows what it is. But one of the things you alluded to earlier is if it had not gone that way, we as a country might actually be in a very, very different place. Yes, yes, we might be. We might now, not be in a situation we're in today, which is um, what situation are we in today? Well, I we're mean, in one. We got Roe versus Wade. <laughs> oh, I fucking love that. Well, Roe versus Wade is a good example, right? Because that is a federal decision. Right. As I'm opposed like, to the very thing we're talking about in the age of Cinco de Mayo, states' rights. Yes. Yes, states' rights. Now. Or the individual's rights over the state, depending on who you're talking to, right? But there would have been a lot more chance for there to be a place in what we call America today that was a lot more respectful of the individual's right to govern their govern their own lives. I think you and I know this about each other and anyone who listens to us somewhat regularly knows this, but not only are we not advocating for whatever slavery was happening at the time of the Confederacy. But we also don't believe that that had as much to do with that war as a lot of you likely think it does. So, yeah, I mean, this doesn't mean I think we've we've done our research on this and we understand that the South did fight this war to protect its right for slavery, most of the the original states that wanted to secede. Some of the other states came on later as a result of the overreach of the North and aggressing upon them to the southern states, but the original states in the South, that was, if not the reason, it was the propaganda that their their government used to get their people behind that. But we also understand, because we've done this research, that the North had no intention, not even inkling, to fuck with slavery. It wasn't about that for the North. There was no chitter-chatter about slavery. For one, because they wanted the slave states to stay in the Union. And I, I think the coalition of the Confederate states, I think, draws a really strong parallel to what we saw with the people who would be called anti-vax. Because there are some people who are actually pro-vax but they're still very much anti-mandate mm -hmm. because whether they 
think you should have a vaccine or not. They still think it's government overreach. So even the anti-slavery states, we'll say, of the South, there are a lot of people who said, regardless of our take on this, it's about states' rights to self-govern and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you Lysander Spooner, if you want to read anything from that period of time, that's got the most intelligent and accurate depiction of a true abolitionist. Lysander Spooner was an amazing person and an amazing writer. Oh my God, you can read, I could read his stuff. It's like, it reads like poetry. It just, so relatable, so understanding. Like everything, you don't have to be some scholar to understand what he's saying, but like, uh, I'm sorry, I just love the way he writes. <laughs> I'm I'm all for us uh, giving some some literature a bit broader audience every little bit helps right because there are some things you know we talk about Mises or Rothbard or any of these things in certain small circles every person has not only read the basics but we're talking about the nuance of which work is better as opposed to, you know, let's say the majority of the country, maybe the majority of the world, who don't even know those people existed. So it's all relative, and I think it's it's good to get that stuff out there because I'd guess that most of our listeners haven't read Spooner or Rothbard or Mises or... I didn't. I mean, you remember when... I read Rothbard for the first time. I'm pretty sure I called you shortly. Well, not shortly after, but like when I got back from vacation, I'm pretty sure it wasn't long after that. But I did. I like, that's fucking crazy, dude. Like (laughs) I went from, I was in America, right? The airport in America. And I landed in Costa Rica, an anarchist. (laughs) 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 somewhere over the ocean (laughs) you did away with the fed (laughs) like uh yeah i did but um yeah lysander spooner it's just amazing the way he writes because you know, people would jump on board because he was like the best, the most articulate of the abolitionists, right? And he was an abolitionist before anybody was, you weren't allowed to be that, right? And he was writing boldly, getting in trouble for it. But the moment, you know, uh, Lincoln grabbed any power, he was writing against that too. He was writing against the Emancipation Proclamation because it didn't free the slaves. It it gave certain states that were 
nice to the central power the ability to continue having slaves. It gave Indians in any state the right to own slaves. Even one, even states that had the state itself had abolished the right for Indian stones slaves. It gave them back, which caused a huge problem after that because the Indians went and re-procured their slaves from their free homes. Well, because the problem is that <laughs> it wasn't about getting rid of policies or getting rid of laws. It was making new ones. It was trying to define what freedom is. It was and saying, hey, we make the laws now, not you. We are and the I know, central government. I know you're not as big on the Constitution as you might have been back in your right-leaning days. but Yeah, pre-Costa Rica, yes. You're correct. So you would measure things in pre or posta Rica? <laughs> right. Or Frontier Airlines, because I flew Frontier, which is kind of ballsy, dude. It's pretty punk rock. It is. It's still better than Southwest. I fucking hate I would rather ride on that old busted backfiring piece of shit plane then ride southwest. I fucking hate it. Yeah, I would rather be on a unicycle with an assigned seat. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. This I fucking hate that, dude. I flew from uh from San Francisco to Atlanta not next to my wife one time infuriated me poor wife because she took the brunt of that because i was like i told you i don't fly southwest <laughs> because i was trying to like we flew southwest there you know we got to sit beside each other but i was like uh, and we need to cancel the return and get a different airline and uh she was like come on let's just go back and then we didn't get to sit next to each other so it was like the whole time I'm, like I want to sit beside her is the reason why I'm mad but yet I'm looking at her with this disgust because she didn't you know <laughs> it was awful and I know she could feel my eyes burning a hole in the back of her head <laughs> <laughs> poor thing well as the hives would say I hate to say I told you so <laughs> uh, that has nothing to do with Cinco de Mayo that was just a side tangent <laughs> but yeah the I know you're not a fan of the constitution but uh the crux of it wasn't that it was about making new laws or regulations or establishing powers. 
it was, as a document, meant to limit power of the government. So many different ways of saying, shall make no law. So this idea of the Emancipation Proclamation or so many things that have happened since that are instead saying, we are granting you freedom by way of saying we are the state and we now define what freedom is. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, we obviously are not the people who think that the, you know, Confederate states winning would have been like the white supremacists wet dream or something. I think if we were to look at an alternate history where the Confederate States had the support of the French at that time, it might have turned out that states would have had more rights in terms of self-governance and to your earlier point, could have led to stronger rights for their individuals. Yeah, I, I believe that if states governed themselves because of the, um, especially with free commerce flowing between them, if that were more prevalent in the states, you would have a, um, like a competition, like a, almost a mock free market of shitty governments from shitty to the shittiest. And then you would, you would have places that were really shitty, you know, and then you would have places, at least in our minds that are not so shitty where the individual is king and ruler of his home and his private property. Which would uh, lead to some governments failing and some not. And I just think that would have been better than the central power just being so powerful and making mistakes that hurt all of us all the time. Things that we don't want to be involved in. <clears throat> Five months of a year I go to work and away from my family. And I'm away from my family a lot, man. And five months a year of that time is given to the state. Dude, that's big fucking deal, man. That's not like... It's not like I'm complaining about taxes that I want. You know, I want my money. I want, you know, I'm a rich whatever i'm talking about time away from my family i'm not talking about money here because production exchanges you know you, you got to stop looking at dollars as money you know what i mean like when i leave the house to go to work i'm doing it to provide a something some sort of value to my family. Five months a year, I'm not doing that. 
that's a big fucking deal, man. Think about all of you listeners. Every fucking, all three of you. Listen to me. (laughs) What could you have done in that time with your family? If you got it back. Could like your your kid if your kid's struggling with reading? Could what could you have done to help him or her or it or they? <laughs> uh, all of all, think about it. That's a lot of time. You're not just gonna sit on the couch and rest, or maybe you're gonna work. Maybe you're going to get that money and then you can use it to the division of labor. You're not the best at helping somebody with reading or math, but you could hire somebody who is. One way or another, your family's life would have been better without it, without the state taking and taking and taking and taking. And it's it's interesting that we've never actually done that thought experiment or that hypothetical of the Civil War going a different way. Because I'm sure in the more right-leaning circles, that's probably something that gets played out a lot of, oh, if we had only won the war or there's the more backwoods like the south will rise again yeah it's a boomer thing my dad would have been running that scenario over and over again in his head probably he's a boomer but if you if you look at history the way that it was and not the way that it's narrated to you Mm -hmm. and you realize that slavery would have gone away pretty swiftly yeah i mean uh, i'm not going to get off on too big of a side tangent because we could talk about all the things that the little things that were going on to, to cause this problem but slavery was naturally going away uh just because of cost benefit analysis it was becoming way too expensive to own slaves a lot cheaper to hire labor. And then um, government tariffs got brought upon. And then because of that, the, you know, the, the cost of getting a good from here to, to there became more expensive. Therefore, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to bring this good here and then make it into this. I've got now I've, got to make this good and then slavery became another a valued commodity again so there were states South Carolina being one of them which was heavy into pro-slavery thing right that was talking about abolishing it before this tariff because nobody had Everybody was freeing their slaves because they didn't they didn't want them anymore. 
So government brought slavery back to the forefront of the mind, making it a viable thing again. Now, government makes slavery legal, right? One of the things that brought down the cost of owning a slave was the law saying that the slave is your property means that the government's henchmen will enforce that. Because if it was up to the slave owner to enforce enslaving somebody, entrapping them, making sure they can't get away, and then if they do get away, recovering them, it just, I mean, the cost would have been astronomical. But instead, they just put that cost onto everybody. Whether you, like, only the rich people owned slaves, but everybody had to pay the tax to hire the police to, with the first American police force was slave catchers. So, and that five months out of the year that you're talking about mm-hmm. is exactly the same kind of money filtering up because yeah yes you might be giving some of your resources to those who are less fortunate needy mm-hmm. if you could say but the majority are going to line pockets in some sort of corrupt exchange or going to some sort of so-called so solar panel company or yeah I mean. or going to honestly just the quote unquote job creation that is the bureaucracy yeah you you have to think that every one of these little institutes and regulatory agencies that we create every private company has to hire somebody that's an expert in getting on compliance with that So not only are you taking money out of our pockets to pay and create this bureaucracy, but like the companies that pay us can't pay us as much because they have to have another staff on hand that doesn't produce jack shit except for what? It's abiding by your stupid laws that don't do anything for the good of society which lowers the value of the dollar because unproductive work yet it be work and it needs to be done. Somebody has to pay somebody to do it. The less of that we can do and the more of that work can be geared towards product productivity, the richer all of the world becomes all of the world. 
And it adds up too, right? Because that's one instance of a private corporation who is subject to various different laws and do, and all that. But even just going down to the the common person, mm-hmm. all of these different things that could already be automated, whether that be taxes, like we've talked about a bit, like filing taxes, things like that, assuming we still think that's a viable uh, model. But think about (laughs) the DMV, right? The idea that my time is worth money, and we Mm -hmm. talk about this all the time, whether you believe time is money in like a capitalist sense or you're the like living wage type of person where you think every person's hour that's pulled from them has to have some minimum cost associated with it. Regardless, everyone's time is worth something. And the fact that we still have to go and file things with court clerks and DMVs and plate renewals and these different offices of record. I know some of them are creeping, crawling their way into the future by renewing online as if that's not something that could have been done 20 years ago. But now, assuming you tick some 20 different boxes, you can renew online but everyone else has to come in in person if the i need problem to go to with office, the state is is every time something gets easier like that they add something else because like oh now we're only taking up 10 seconds of their time or we did take up an entire day let's add this much more bureaucracy to their life because they look at it like oh if i take up an hour i used to take 24 hours now we can add 23 hours worth of bureaucracy to their life. Let's start some new shit. And I think that <clears throat> job creation <laughs> that we we call it. And and the reason I keep saying that is because that is how it is touted. That is the phraseology. Oh, yeah. And that is the thing that everyone is so proud of is 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 job creation. We talk about it that way. And honestly, I do think a lot of supporters right and left believe that that is what's happening when whichever (laughs) person wins the popularity contest gets into that office and says that they've created so many jobs. But if we go back to the hypothetical, duffel bags, if we go back to the hypothetical that we were talking about where let's say the Confederacy gets its way and it's a bit more of this like, market of states mm-hmm. and the fed and the the state doesn't have this monopoly on quote unquote job creation i have to imagine each of those states would get some level of scrutiny when they can't balance their budgets because everyone says why is this state doing better what are these jobs that you're creating? And people would pay attention. But right mm-hmm. now, people don't. They don't pay attention. It's they don't ask. Number. They don't look into it. I don't think people are falling, falling for the Biden thing. 
He's created all these jobs since. Uh, but it's so blatantly obvious because of the government reaction to COVID and whatnot. And it's such a big, big number. Like We know that that didn't really happen, right? But they do that every, every president does that with big numbers that aren't so goddamn globally big. And we go, oh, they did it. The Biden number is just so outrageous that, like, it's just so much in our face that we know it's bullshit. But it's always been bullshit. <laughs> so. It's it's kind of like the the vote thing, right? Whether that be the vote counts, the job creation numbers, all of that, this this presidency has been very rife with obviously phony numbers. And I'm wondering if that's some kind of a test. Yeah, I mean, I think it was. I, I think that the, the COVID thing with the, the duffel bags, the, the election... And all that was to see, okay, we can get rid of it. We can get away with it during a pandemic or whatever you want to call it. How easy was it to get away with? During a oopsie, can we get away with it? If it was really easy during a pandemic, maybe we can get away with it during an oopsie on a smaller scale. Yeah, it's always they're always testing the waters. I mean, it's all about. I mean, think about it. If you work for the government and you work for an agency that you're supposed to oversee something, you just reach to oversee everything that could possibly fall into that wheelhouse to to justify asking for a bigger budget next year because you're not creating something productive you're not doing anything you're only your only uh, measurable scale of whether you're doing your job right or not is to get a bigger budget say government says oh you're doing good here's more money or help you know here's we're growing your agency whether that be because you failed totally and you blamed it on the money or whatever you grew your agency so that's a goal. I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but those spam emails that you'll get about, what is it, like Nigerian prints and all these scams about, oh, I sent you a check, can you cash it and send me back half? Or, you know, any... Internet scams. IRS is taking Apple gift cards. Right. All those. Yeah. One of the things that is part of their technique is that they will put in a lot of typos and 
poor quality images and logical inconsistencies in the messages so that the only people that respond to it are people who are too dumb to have noticed those things. And I can't help but draw parallels between that and some of the outrageous information that's presented to the public every day about our government. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've been on the Twitterverse, but there's some, uh, um, like rowing way or the way you row something going on. People are really upset. Girls have declared they will no longer sleep with their husbands over it. You heard of this? The way that you row? Like in a boat? I don't know. I have to read it. Wasn't that interested. (laughs) 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 No, the row versus way shit. I mean, here I am being, you know, funny, but it's, it's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, everybody's like, oh, pro-choice, and they're like, oh, Roe versus Way, we're all, abortion's illegal everywhere, the world's going to end, women are going to be dying everywhere, cops are going to be putting flashlights in their pussies to see if they've done it before. And, and I'm like, I can see where your head gets there, because... Like uh, I'm, I'm with you on the whole cops enforcing shit. The central government, you know. But then you go, wait. All it says is central government no longer has the power to say whether this is legal or illegal. So it's like, <laughs> oh wait a second. Now that's that's fine. Now now let's you know. Whichever way you land on this subject, if your state feels says one way and you feel the other, that's that's your fight to fight, or to move to a state that isn't is the other way. One of the two, right? But at least you're fighting a smaller government, right? It's a fight that's easier to win than a central government. And I know this is a little bit of a privileged position to take, but you also could just go elsewhere. It's pretty easy to navigate from state to state. Now, changing countries can be a challenge. Right, and we understand that it's hard to do state to state too. Right. But what we're saying is it's easier than doing country to country. Right, whether that be the immigration challenges or just it being prohibitively expensive. And yes, state to state is expensive as well, but fairly easy. And it over and, time. Yeah. Know, and then if we keep going in that direction, it could be county to county. It could become a county thing, you know? And then we're talking a lot less expense. And then, you know. And house good, to house. Yeah. Good Lord willing. You know, it comes down to the individual. And the family. And then, because that's what I ultimately want. Because I think the abortion 
issue doesn't end until it gets there. Because what needs to happen is people who believe you can in the life of the cells, I'll be as gentle as I can be on the other side of this argument from me. The cells that are growing inside them that's going to become human. Um, do not want to be responsible for ending that life. They want somebody to tell them it's okay and it's legal. <clears throat> and then the people on the other side, uh, not me, but people on the other side want to, the, the state to come down and say, this is illegal and blah, you know, you're a bad person. Whereas I'm a little bit different than that because all, all I care about is, okay, the woman's body and life and then the, what I consider a baby's body and life. There, this is the one situation because of reproductive systems that these things are joined. Like it's some very shortly after that, they can be completely separated and none have to interfere with the other. But at this moment they do. But viability with technology today, viability is so much earlier than it used to be. So like, in my eyes, it becomes a viability issue because viability means like the there this life could exist out of your body. So therefore, you have no right at that point. Like you don't even have a discussion. Like at the point that the baby can survive without the mother, I feel like there's no. The mother had no longer has anything to say about it, uh, whether the baby dies or not. Um, but up until then, there is a nuanced argument, I think. Uh, and as technology gets better and we stop uh, hampering medical technology through government bureaucracy, uh, that window will become smaller and smaller. <clears throat> anyway, that's an easy way. That's a long form way for me to say, like, I'm pro-life because I don't think that anybody has the right to aggress upon another person, a peaceful person. But I also understand that... Um, Eviction, private property is very much um, part of a person and it, the things it can protect. Uh, where I fall off is when somebody goes, well, I'm young and I wanted to do cool stuff, so I ended somebody else's life. I mean, that wasn't a fair trade there. 
to me. So, well, <clears throat> I, on the other hand, am pro choice mm-hmm. because much like slavery, I believe you can own a person and that can be your property. And an abortion is just your right to destroy your property in the same way that you should have been able to kill your own slaves. Well, if you believe in slavery, I guess it's one way to go. But the cool thing about us not believing in government together is you can believe in slavery on your front porch, but yet not have the power to make anybody a slave. Which just makes you somebody with weird ideas on your front porch, right? Not not a slave owner. What if I lure you onto my front porch? <laughs> with candy? Or a good dick pic? Kind of like that tweet earlier. Unsolicited dick pic. And didn't even show the dick. It made it onto a major news network and they didn't even show the dick. And they call the show Sex and the City. How fucking pissed would you be if you were the dick? Talking about your dick and it didn't even get out there? That sounds like my life as it is now. It could have been. I mean, seriously glorious dick it could have been it must have been made the news it was worth taking a photo of i know all right so speaking of dick pics side tangent i'm just a little too old for this to be a thing and i mean a little too old So, for the listeners, so I was coming about in my drinking, early drinking ages, going to shows, when the transition from CD to MP3 was happening and nobody knew what the fuck was going on. So, I'm in like this weird area where... We were very internet-oriented, like MySpace and whatnot. But we weren't really doing the dick pics because, for one, it just took too damn long to download a picture. You know? like <laughs> You don't want to wait all day. You know? And then what if it's a Magnum-wearing motherfucker? Then that mother- that picture's going to take a while to get Yeah, I was about money. to say, mine loaded pretty quickly. Yours would take a while. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm, I didn't do the dick pic thing. But I understand why kids do. Because, dude, if I could have taken pictures of my dick and sent it to girls back then, oh, yeah, I'd have been doing it. I mean, I'm pretty sure my girlfriend at that time, if we were together, we were... We were naked <laughs> almost every second of it. <laughs> like once we got the taste of it, that's all we did. 
Like we didn't even really want to hang out if our parents were home. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just gonna go hang out with my, my boys. Call me when your parents leave, though. <laughs> I wonder though if you would have even started sooner, or maybe because later, because I would have had that outlet. Is a dick pic? An outlet? Well, I imagine I would have got a boob pic too, or. I mean, in money shot, maybe you know the 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 nether area, the the vagina. I mean, that would have that would have held me off for a while. Was well, that's the age old question: is does it hold you off, or does it desensitize and ramp you up to needing more and more? See, I think it holds you off. But then when you get to it, you're expecting something way more intense than what you get. So I think it, it can help to hold you off, but I think it'll ruin the experience that you get. Because I've noticed, I'm a married man now, so like, was just like any other man, I, I, I the porn thing was... That's the thing, right? I do the porn thing, right? Um, but I noticed once I stopped or I wouldn't say totally stopped looking at porn, but like very rarely do I look at porn now. Way more into it. You know what I mean? Way more into actually doing it. Not to say like like I'm a freak and I'm doing it all the time or something, but like when I do it, <laughs> way more into it now that I don't watch for or don't watch it often. So the case of expecting a whole lot more and not getting it is exactly what happened for the 4,000 Mexicans who fought 8,000 Frenchmen and defeated them on Cinco de Mayo. Exactly. That's what we were getting at this whole time. If you agree, send us your dick pics. It's a